0: Welcome back to Weathering the Storm, a podcast where we strive to weather the storms of life by placing a sustaining and wavering faith in God. I'm your host, Drew Suttles. I welcome you back as we are in Season 6 of Weathering the Storm. Today we are recording Episode 19 as we consider what it means to prepare for the storm. Our text today will be coming from Nehemiah Chapter 12, and so if you have your Bibles And if you're in a place where you can open them, I encourage you to go there with me. Uh, Nehemiah chapter 12, we're going to focus in on verses 27 through 30 and then make some parallels to the New Testament and other passages, uh, even in the Old Testament, that remind us of the importance of being pure before God. And specifically for this podcast and for our purposes in this study, uh, the importance of maintaining purity, even in the midst of the storm when it might be easy to let go of that and give in to temptation. So I hope that this study will be helpful for you. I know that uh, this study has helped me and uh, some of the things that I'm going through. And so again, uh, I just want to help. I want to help you. And I thank you so much for listening. Uh, we also want to say a quick word about the Skyred Abroad Network, as we strive to do uh, with every episode. Uh, this podcast, Weathering the Storm is on the Skyred Abroad Network. You can, uh, subscribe to our master feed where you'll find this podcast and, and many others. You can find us uh, wherever you get your podcast. And we appreciate you subscribing and, and sharing these episodes. That's a great, great help uh, to us. You can reach out to us if you have any questions or comments or concerns at Network at gmail.com. You can visit our website, Uh You can find our Facebook page, our YouTube t- uh, channel, or you can also find us on Instagram. So again, we're thankful that that God has given us uh, the tools and the opportunity to uh, spread the gospel and to reach people through this avenue of the podcast. And again, thank you so much for listening because you uh, you really helped promote this and and make this possible. So we, we appreciate all of our listeners. And again, I'm thankful to be the host of this podcast and to have the privilege to be on the Scattered Abroad Network. So if you've been with us this season, you know that we're starting to wind this down as we come to the end of the book and also the end of our study. We've been working through the book of Nehemiah, and just by way of review and reminder, Nehemiah was charged with the daunting task of rebuilding and leading the rebuilding of the walls of Jerusalem. In Nehemiah chapter 1, he goes and he's heartbroken, he prays to God, and he gets a uh, permission from the king. He was the king's cupbearer. The king says, go ahead and go. And so God is with Nehemiah as he goes. He he goes and he searches out by night and he sees the problem and, and how it needs to be fixed. The people rise up. They had a mind to work. They, they put their hands together. In Nehemiah chapters three and four, we read about that. And Nehemiah faced a lot of opposition. Sam Ballot and others were Opposing his work and and trying to halt the work and trying to lead him away and uh, discourage him and others who were who were doing the work and so what we really want to focus on now is that the wall has been rebuilt the wall has 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 been completed the people are back home and the question is okay well now what are we to do and so as we come into Nehemiah chapters twelve and thirteen these next three episodes. Uh, we're going to wind down the book itself, but then remember some of the statements that are made, and and really strive to make practical application, especially uh, these next three uh, episodes that will that will finish up season six. So again, if you have your Bible, I'm in Nehemiah chapter twelve, and here we read about the dedication of the wall. So keep in mind that the wall was rebuilt. This is a very important event, and for the Jews and for God's people. And so this dedication at this, at this time is also going to be a dedication of the people and their lives to God. So let's, let's read this first, and then we're going to spend the rest of our time in this episode on the application for us today. Nehemiah chapter 12, beginning in verse 27. It says, Now at the dedication of the wall of Jerusalem, they sought out the Levites in all their places to bring them to Jerusalem to celebrate the dedication with gladness with thanksgivings and singing, with cymbals and stringed instruments and harps. Of course, under the Old Testament system, uh, we can read this over and over again. Uh, this was used in times of uh, times of war. It was used in times of joy and, and festive uh, events, certainly any kind of dedication. Uh, just a side note, we understand we come to the New Testament, that the New Testament is silent about this. Uh, there are nine references in the New Testament that emphasize that we are to sing, uh, namely Ephesians five nineteen and Colossians three sixteen. And so God doesn't say sing and play; He doesn't say sing and use mechanical instruments. It's not that they didn't have them available, but God says to sing. Uh, the only instrument that you can find in the text for Ephesians five nineteen is the heart. And pluck the strings of the heart. You sing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Colossians three sixteen. And so. Just a side note on that, I know sometimes that can be confusing, and some will try to go back to the Old Testament to uh, authorize or find justification for mechanical instruments in worship today. But the truth is, according to the New Testament, New Testament pattern and plan, there is no authority for the use of mechanical instruments in worship to God. So here we, we read about them, and they're dedicating the wall. This is a very uh, important event in time. And in verse 28, it says the sons of the singers gathered together from the countryside around Jerusalem, from the villages, from the house of Gilgal, from the fields of Geba and Asmaveth, for the singers had built themselves villages all around Jerusalem. And then notice verse 30, which is really where we want to take our thoughts today. It says, then the priests and Levites purified themselves and purified the people, the gates and the wall." You know, this is interesting when you consider this in the Old Testament context of purification, the laws of purification. So I've I've got several books in my library, uh, especially that emphasize things in the Old Testament. And, and this one is specifically the New American Commentary. I'm very thankful for. I've got this whole set in the Old Testament and the New, and uh, it's been very, very helpful as far as um, just diving in a, a, a deeper Dig and dive into the text. This is actually uh, a text for Ezra, Nehemiah, and Esther, so been very helpful in my overall study. But just want to read these comments to you about purification uh, and what's going on here, and then we're going to move into the application. So the writer here says the text does not give details on exactly what the purification included. It no doubt included fasting, abstaining from marital intercourse, making sacrifices, and perhaps bathing and using clean garments. Under the New Covenant, we are not bound by strict regulations regarding sacrifices and cleansings. 1 John 1, 7 through 7-9. But we should recognize the emphasis here on holiness. Holiness is one of the central themes of the Bible and something that God calls us to. And so this writer here is, is spot on with this assessment. And that's really where we want to focus our attention is this idea of the priests and Levites purified themselves. But then notice they purified the people, they purified the gates, they purified the wall. Everything about this was to be pure. Why? Well, because the Bible emphasizes the importance and the need of being pure in the sight of God. And so think about this in the context of weathering the storms of life when when the storms come, you and I need to maintain purity because when things are going wrong around us and it seems like nothing's going our way it's really easy to let our guard down and to do things that are impure to get us through the storm and so really we've got to really fight and and be determined to be pure and so here Nehemiah understands that the people needed to be purified the wall everything needed to be pure and right in the sight of God and so we emphasize this and we use this as an illustration while they were dedicating the wall you and I need to make sure that we dedicate ourselves, dedicate ourselves to being pure before God. So I want to share with you three ways uh, in which it's important to be pure, how we do it, how we maintain purity, and looking at various verses in Scripture. And so this is a, a kind of a sermon, I guess, uh, on, on purification. And I'm going to give you some three points and give you some passages with each, but Again, let's try to keep this in mind that when the storms come, it's hard to maintain purity, but it's essential and it's, it's a necessity for us. So number one, as we begin, how do you purify your soul? How do you purify yourself? Well, the Bible says you purify your soul by obeying the truth. And this comes from 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 22 through 25. Peter is writing to Christians, those who have been sanctified, by the blood of Jesus, First Peter 1, 1 and 2. And he's emphasizing here that they have obeyed the truth, and thus they have purified their souls. He said, you've been born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God, which lives and abides forever. And then he says that, quoting from the Old Testament, all flesh is as grass, the flower of the field fades away, but the word of God stands forever. And he says, this is the gospel which we preached unto you. So this is where you've got to start. You know, you, you we talked about this so many times on the, in this in this podcast that nobody is immune from the storms of life. You you can you can be a good person, you can be on the right track, you can do anything and everything you, you name it, and you're still going to have to deal with storms. So the Bible doesn't teach that once you become a Christian that your storms go away. Not at all. The Bible does teach that when you become a Christian and you're in Christ and the storms come, now you've got Jesus in your boat with you, and before you you didn't, and that's the importance. You have the one who can say peace be still. You have the one who can help you overcome and get through the storms. So this is where it starts. If you want to be pure in preparation for the storm, if you want to make sure that you're going to be able to handle and and uh, properly respond and get through storms the way God would have you to, you've got to have your soul purified. And the only way to do that is by obeying the truth. It's by obeying the gospel. You can't do that just by saying a prayer. You can't do that by just how you feel and say, well, God knows my heart, so let me do this and I'll be fine. That's not going to purify your soul. The Bible says the only way to have your soul purified is obeying the truth. You are to obey it from the heart, Romans 6. And, of course, you think about what purifies your soul. The only agent, cleansing agent, that can cleanse your soul is the blood of Jesus. That's it. And Saul of Tarsus was told to and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord, Acts twenty-two sixteen. And so by coming in contact with the blood of Jesus, his soul was washed clean. All of his sins were washed away. We also have that language in Revelation 1, 5 to him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And so Jesus shed his blood for the remission of sins. Matthew 26, 28, the day of Pentecost when Peter preached, he said, Repent, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. Same exact phrase. Not because of, not, not, well, you're already saved and then you're baptized to show it. That's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches that if you want your soul to be pure and you want your sins to be washed away, you must obey the gospel of Christ. You must die to sin, be buried with Christ in a watery grave of baptism, and then you can rise to walk in newness of life. Romans 6, 3-6. through So that's where we must start. If we want to be pure and we want to make sure that we can weather the storms of life the way God would have us to, we have to make sure our souls are purified. We've got to start there. Number two, if we want to make sure that we are pure in preparation for the storm, we must abstain from impurity. You must abstain from impurity. So the Bible teaches that once you become a Christian, you are to grow. Desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow, first Peter 2, two. Grow in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. Second Peter three eighteen. You, you can't just come out of the water and say, okay, I'm a Christian, I'm done. I don't have to grow, I don't have to do anything. The Bible does not teach once saved, always saved. The Bible does not teach perseverance of the saints. That is a man made doctrine, and it is not biblical. The Bible teaches it is possible to fall away and lose your salvation. You can fall from grace. Galatians 5, 6. It is possible to know the truth and obey the truth and then to fall away. Peter said it had been better if you'd never known it than to know it and fall away. 2 Peter 2, 20 through 22. So here's the importance then of purifying your souls by obeying the truth, but then maintaining that purity by abstaining from impurity. So many passages to think about. Now, the first one that comes to mind is 1 Thessalonians 5.22, when Paul's writing uh, that great letter to the church at Thess- uh, Thessalonica, and he says, abstain from every appearance of evil. You know, that hand, that That covers it, doesn't it? You want to make sure that you're pure before God, abstain from every appearance of evil. Don't have anything to do with it. Another text, we go back to 1 Peter chapter 1, and, and here Peter quotes from the Old Testament about girding up the low ends of your mind and being sober. Uh, be As obedient children, not fastening yourselves to your former lust and your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, so you be holy in all your manner of conduct. For it is written... Be holy for I am holy. So he quotes back from the book of Leviticus and he's emphasizing the need for us as God's people to be pure and to be holy. And the way to do that is to abstain from impurity. Notice he said, don't go back to what you were doing, but as obedient children, you do what God says to do and you be pure. Don't fall back into sin. And then there's this text in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, and I want to read this. Uh, here the Apostle Paul is going to quote from the Old Testament and make an extremely important point when it comes to purity and how we can maintain it. So this is 2 Corinthians chapter 6. I'm going to begin in verse 16. He says, What agreement has a temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of a living God. Now, stop right there for a moment. The word temple means dwelling place. You are the dwelling place of the living God. God dwells in you if you are a Christian. That's important. And that is something we are to remember as we strive to remain pure. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they shall be my people. A quotation from Ezekiel 37. Therefore, because this, because of this, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean and I will receive you. I will be a father to you. You shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. That's a quotation from Isaiah 52.11. So in view of the fact that you are the temple of a living God, come out from among them and be separate. Be different. You have been purified. You've been called out of darkness and into His marvelous light, 1 Peter 2.9. You've been called out of the kingdom of darkness and translated into the kingdom of His dear Son when you obeyed the gospel, Colossians 1.13. But then notice this, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, and verse 1. Therefore, having these promises, beloved, Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. So, notice that there's an emphasis, a heavy emphasis, on abstaining from what is wrong, abstaining from what is filthy, abstaining from what is impure. If you and I want to maintain purity, very simply, we must abstain from impurity, and the Bible teaches us, and those are just a few passages to remind us of that and again, in the context of what we're studying it's, it's not easy to do this It's actually easier to let your guard down and and to to give in to things that will help you get through it but But again, God says, you don't need the things of this world, you don't need to to cave in to sin in fact, you maintain purity you you perfect holiness. I'm right there with you. I will be with you and get you through it. And so again, we think about purification and preparation for the storm. Nehemiah, preparing the people, getting them ready. And we need to make sure that we ourselves are ready. How do we do that? We purify our souls by obeying the truth, number one. Number two, we abstain from impurity as we just studied. The third and finally, we must keep ourselves pure. Keep yourself pure. That word keep there is an imperative. It means this is not a suggestion. This is a command from God. This is something that we must do. You must keep yourself pure. Now, notice he says keep yourself. Nobody can do this for you. There are those who can pray for you and study with you and be there for you and support you. But in the end, you and I have to make this decision for ourselves. If I'm going to be pure before God, I've got to have the the will and the desire to do that. 1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 22 is where we get this phrase, keep yourself pure. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. So if I want to see God, I must be pure in heart. And people today say, well, God knows my heart. Well, listen, if your heart's not right, that's a fearful thing. We have to make sure our hearts are right. Make sure we're pure in heart so we can see God. One final passage to kind of put all this together is Romans 12, 1 and 2. There Paul says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, perfect, and acceptable will of God. There we have the important contrast. Do not be conformed to the world. Don't give in to impurity, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The gospel transforms you. The gospel transforms the way you think, Notice by the renewing of your mind. And that's where purity starts. It starts in the mind. It starts in the heart. And so just like Nehemiah and others dedicated themselves and made sure that they were pure, and went through that purification process, you and I must go through the purification process as well. It starts by purifying your soul and obeying the truth. But then when you come out of the water, make make a diligent effort every day to abstain from impurity. And while you're doing that, make sure you keep yourself pure at all costs. This will help us as we strive to weather the storms of life. I thank you so much for listening today. I, I truly hope that this episode will be helpful in your walk with the Lord, and I hope that you will pray for me as I pray for you, that we will strive to fight against the impurity that's all around us in this world of sin and darkness, and that we will be pure, keep ourselves pure, that we may be with God one day, and certainly that we may weather the storm to the glory of God. Thank you so much for listening. May God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this episode on the Scattered Abroad Network. We are grateful for your continued support as well as your continued prayers. If you would like to find out more about our network, please visit our website at scatteredabroad.org. We look forward to studying with you again soon. May God bless you.